Welcome to Things Leaders Do, the podcast that uncovers the secrets of becoming an extraordinary leader. If you're a leader who's constantly seeking growth, inspiration, and tangible ways to level up your leadership, then you've come to the right place. Remember, the world needs exceptional leaders, and that leader is you. Now, here's your host, Colby Morris. Welcome to the TLD podcast. This is Colby Morris, your host, and I appreciate you being here. There's been some great feedback over the last few weeks, and if you would like to connect with me and have some further discussion, feel free to contact me. You can do it on LinkedIn or even at my website, which is nextstepadvisors.com, and that's NXT for the next, their Next Step Advisors. Again, this podcast is designed to give you practical, actionable leadership advice, and we focus less on the theory of leadership and more on the action. Today, I want to talk to you about the importance of setting clear performance expectations. When I first started leading, I knew we had organizational goals that we needed to meet, obviously, but that was about it. I had no real understanding of how to impart that knowledge or those goals to the team. Needless to say, that led to less than stellar results. Now, I don't want you to be in the similar position, whether you're a new leader or a seasoned veteran. How you communicate your expectations is crucial to the success of your team. I have three points I want to share with you today in order to navigate this process and you'll find that if you do these things, you will find more success. All right. My first point is what I call the clarity principle. This principle is designed to align everyone's effort. The principle is this. No one can hit a target they can't see. You must be clear when defining the expectations and the goals. Ambiguity will get you nowhere. Be very specific and spell it out for the team, not in an insulting manner, but it does have to be clear. Brene Brown, in her book, Dare to Lead, said this way, clear is kind, unclear is unkind. When you as the leader aren't clear about the expectations of the goals or a performance, it's left to the minds of the team. That means. It's open for interpretation, which is the opposite of what you want. So if the team doesn't meet the goal, their interpretation of what you meant was, well, lost in translation. That part is on you. That's part of the pitfalls of ambiguity. With unclear expectations, it will lead to the lack of success, as well as shifting expectations or even blame. I once had a team whose goal was 85% completion on a particular report. We had a year-end goal, and as a new leader, I just, I don't know, I just expected them to complete that. At the end of the year, when we didn't make the goal, I shared our failure with the team. That's when the infighting and the blaming started. But I had to own that one. It was my fault for not being more clear about the expectations. Hear me. Ambiguity leads to failure. 
All right. Let's move to the second point. And that's this. Crafting clear expectations. Now that we know we have to be the ones to communicate the expectations, let's talk about what that message needs to look and sound like. In this case, we're going to define our performance metrics. To do this, you need to be precise. You can't afford to beat around the bush here. State the goals and the expectations and clearly and precisely as possible. You have to be precise. Make sure that you state the objective and the measurables. Okay. I would encourage you to make sure all of these are formatted and delivered using SMART goals. For those of you who may be unfamiliar with SMART goals, SMART is an acronym that stands for S, specific, M is measurable, A is achievable, R is realistic, and T is timely. So let's break that down. Specific. This is exactly what needs to be done. In this case, I'll use an example from one of my previous leader roles. At this organization, we were given an overall departmental goal. Let's call it safety inspections. So as a department, we were given the goal of 1,000 of these safety inspections by the end of the year. I had 10 managers. So Simple math says that each manager would need to complete 100 safety inspections annually. Now, it's not great math to get the monthly requirement. 100 safety inspections divided by 12 months is 8.33 inspections a month per supervisor. I have this strange trait where I don't like those kind of numbers. If I say eight, well, that's not really enough. By saying nine, it's just kind of a weird number. So I made it an even 10 inspections per month per manager. So each manager would complete 120 inspections per year times 10 managers, and that's 1,200 inspections. Is that overkill? Well, no, not really. Now, I do like to exceed expectations. Don't get me wrong. But that also takes into account times when someone is out vacation, the times they may not actually make their goal, that kind of thing. So I'm, I'm planning for contingencies. Yes, I'll hit 1,200, but the goal is 1,000. So within those contingencies and people missing, if I hit 1,100, if I hit 1,050, I still beat the goal of 1,000. So let's break down the SMART goal for each manager. I do this in their performance management plan. In the performance management plan, it's going to read something like this. You, the manager, are to complete 10 safety inspections per month. Did that meet the SMART goal? Yeah. It's specific. You will complete inspections. Is it measurable? Yes. 10. Was it achievable? Absolutely. Each inspection took about 30 minutes to complete. Was it realistic? It was. That was an industry standard. And last, was it timely? Or as I like to say, was it time bound? Yeah, it was 30 days or one month for each. Now, you can ask that manager to break it down even further for their own planning. This is what I like to do. So if you're responsible for those 10 per month, that means you'll need to do how many per week to make that happen. 
and you follow that same plan I outlined with, with the manager. This is a great way to plan your expectations, but it does absolutely no good if you don't have the second part of this. And that's the accountability. Accountability ties into expectations. What does that look like? It means that you measure and provide consistent feedback. When you meet with your managers, you need to make sure that once a month you're looking at the measurables. There should never be a doubt as to where they stand. And then document it. In this example, at the end of the month, I would document or maybe have my assistant document the results for each manager. Now, not everything will be a monthly goal you're thinking. I I understand that. Maybe you have quarterly goals. That's great. (laughs) But uh, what is a quarter made up of? Three separate months. So you can officially track the quarterly goals, yes, but you can set the measurements or the SMART goals by the month. Either way, you need to have consistent feedback and accountability You know, if you want to see those results. All right. Our final point is this. Cultivate a culture of excellence. The first way you do this is by setting the example. Your leaders will look to you to see how you work, what the quality of your work looks like, how you interact with the people, and and they will model all of those things. One of my absolutely favorite quotes from Steve is from Steve Jobs. He said, be a yardstick of quality. Some people aren't used to an environment where excellence is expected. Y'all, come on. I'm going to read that again. Be a yardstick of quality. Some people aren't used to an environment where excellence is expected. I'm not going to lie. I had that hanging up in my office pretty much everywhere I worked. I wanted to make sure that my team understood that excellence was our yardstick. It was how we measured everything. But I, I couldn't just say it. I had to live it. I had to be that example. I also had to measure it consistently. My team knew what I was going to look for, what details I'd pick at, and they in turn began to do the same because we learned to see through the same set of eyes. Believe it or not, excellence is contagious. You have to work at it, and that's how you see athletic teams that have a culture of winning. It becomes a part of their their DNA. They police themselves and they police each other. All right. You also have to celebrate that excellence. Don't let it go unnoticed. When someone performs at at that level of expectation, you have to reward it. Make sure they know that you know that they made it, that they did it. Tell them you're proud of them. Tell your boss about them. Brag about their performance and accomplishments to other leaders. Pretty soon, the ones who don't get that praise, Well, they'll start to figure out why. And then your team will start to police themselves and others. All right, everybody. I just want to say thank you to each of you for staying with me and tuning in each and every week. If you don't mind, I'd love it if you would rate and review the podcast. Subscribe if you haven't already. I'm just starting out. So your feedback would be greatly appreciated as I try to reach as many leaders out there as possible. And I do, I need your help. So uh, please again, rate review, 
and subscribe. Send it to a friend who is a leader out there and may, uh, may benefit from this. And have a great rest of the week and keep doing the things that leaders do. Thank you for listening to Things Leaders Do. If you're looking for more tips on how to be a better leader, be sure to subscribe to the podcast and listen to next week's episode. Until next time, keep working on being a better leader by doing the things that leaders do.